want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We've sung this morning that it's the, it's the mark of Christians that we love our neighbors, that we love one another. Uh, there is a danger in our world that we mistake Bible love for what the world calls love. A, a love that is accepting of what is wrong. A love that is just sort of a warm, fuzzy feeling and we're just, well, I love that person and I'll just accept them in their, I'll accept their sinful lifestyle, I'll accept what's wrong about them, I'll just, I'll just take them as they are. There is a sense in which we take them as they are. You know, there's an old saying about reaching people for Jesus, you don't clean a fish until you get them in the boat. And a lot of times we're trying to clean people up before they get saved, and I, I, that's not what I'm talking about at all. But the love that God calls us to is a love that is a love of action, a love that is, is work. Um, I believe it was in our Sunday school lesson this morning that Dean mentioned that um, he said, the work that you have done, that's what our rewards are for. So I want us to see some truth this morning about a second way. We saw last week that love looks like, what does love look like? Love looks like seeking justice, biblical justice, treating others as they should be treated. It's It's not an extraordinary concept for us to treat one another with the love of Christ. But I want to preach on a topic this morning that is probably one of the most perhaps overlooked truths in Scripture. I've been in church a long time, and I've been in pretty much my whole life. Sometimes it feels like it's been literally my whole life that I've been in church. And I have not often heard a preaching or teaching on this biblical truth. And yet, when you go through Scripture, you will find, as you'll see this morning, there are many biblical precepts and commands about hospitality. There are many biblical principles that are in play in this. There's biblical examples. There's the biblical practice of hospitality. And there should be a biblical priority for us. Let me just pause just a minute and talk about, before we get into the text, what I'm not talking about when I say hospitality. Some of you immediately have envisioned some southern mansion that's in Southern Living Magazine and somebody cooking a meal that looks like, um, I'm trying to think of some of the, the great chefs that are on TV. I'll probably, you know, Betty Crocker or Chef Boyardee or something like that. Great spread of food and welcoming in and, oh, everybody's just so smooth and everything's just so wonderful. That's not... That's not the concept of hospitality. Now, that can be very hospitable. And if you have a great mansion and a great spread of food, I'd be happy to come over and experience your hospitality. But that's not what we're talking about. The word that's found in our text this morning that we'll see in just a moment is a word that's used several places in the New Testament, and it's translated hospitality. And it's two words. It means the love for a friend and stranger. It means to love a stranger as you love a friend. It's to love a guest and treat a guest like a friend. That can take place in your home. That can take place in our church. It can take place in your life. It can actually take place when we invest in the work of missions. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. Some people say, uh, boy, they, you know, it's hard to be hospitable to some folks. Now, I know that you're looking around. You're not thinking of maybe person. You might, don't look at your family and say that it's hard to be hospitable to your family. I heard someone say that some folks make you feel at home. Others make you wish you were. Another person said that tact is 
making people feel at home when you wish they were. No, you've never had anybody in your home that you wish were at home. A young couple invited the pastor over for church one Sunday, and as he was sitting waiting on the meal to be prepared, he asked the young boy, he said, um, the son of the house, he said, uh, son, what are, we, what are we having for lunch? And the little boy said, well, we're having goat. He said, goat, are you sure? He said, I'm, I'm really sure, preacher. He said, I heard my dad say this week, this Sunday's as good as any to have the old goat over for dinner. If I'm ever in any of y'all's homes, and I have... This truth is not just about having the preacher over for dinner. This truth is about not just having believers over for dinner, though that's a part of it. This truth is about treating those around us as friends. Treating them using what God has given to us. Using what God has given to us for our most basic of human needs to meet the needs of others, those most basic of human needs. As we read this text, watch with me this morning. We're going to begin in verse 9. In the previous verses, Paul has been talking about the specific gifts, spiritual gifts. Not everyone has the same one, but everyone has one. But in verse 9, he begins to talk about some things that are applicable to all. Let love be without dissimulation, he says. The word dissimulation is pretense. Don't let it be pretend. Don't let it be fake. Let it be real. Let your love be real. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. And here's our text phrase, if you will. Given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. This truth... Treating a guest as a friend. Treating others as a friend. It is easy for us to treat people that we know well. It is easy for us meet, to meet the needs of those that we care about. It is easy for us to be hospitable to those who can be hospitable in return to us. But what does the Bible have to say about this? I want, to, I want you to see very quick, I'm going to run through some verses pretty quickly this morning, that are some biblical precepts, some biblical commands. This is not something that I'm just finding one phrase and pulling out of a hat. This is something that is woven throughout Scripture, that God commands His people to be loving in the way they treat guests or treat others than their family. Well, our text is one verse, one command, be given to hospitality. Leviticus chapter 19, verses 33 and 34. If a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, you shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwells with you shall be unto you as one born among you. And thou shalt love him as thyself. Does that phrase sound familiar? Remember what Jesus said? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He is saying, treat the stranger as you would a neighbor. Treat the stranger as a friend. That's hospitality. In 1 Peter chapter 4, in verse 9, use hospitality one with another without grudging. Don't do it with a sense of regret and, well, begrudgingly. I have to do this. I really don't want to show them hospitality, but come on in. Preacher said I had to do it. God said I had to do it. No, he says do it without grudging. 
show hospitality. John chapter 3 and verse 8, 3 John rather, uh, verse 8, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers of the truth. He's talking about receiving those who are going to share the gospel. We'll talk about this more in just a moment. But he says when we do that, when we show hospitality to those going to proclaim the gospel, we become a fellow helper in the truth. It's a powerful thought. Hebrews chapter 13, he says, don't be, he said, be quick to be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Now, let me just pause a minute and say that entertaining strangers is not putting on a song and dance show for people at Walmart, okay? That's not entertaining strangers. Now, I will say, if you've been to Walmart, there are some strangers there who are quite entertaining. Are there any other people watchers with me that, that you go and you just watch people? Yeah, that's not the entertaining that it's talking about. It's talking about showing them hospitality. You know why he says in that verse, he says, because as such, some have entertained strangers unawares, entertained angels unawares. So he says, even the people that you don't know, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2, the pastor, the bishop, must be given to hospitality. The same thing he says here in this verse. He says it again in Titus 1.8, the pastor, the bishop, must be a lover of hospitality. It is a quality of leadership that God says this is that important. So many verses. 1 Timothy 5 speaks of the widows that are taking in, taken into the number, the ones that are, are provided for. He said if they are ones who have taken care of strangers. That is the biblical commands, numerous biblical commands. If that was all we needed, that would be more than sufficient for us to show hospitality. But there are also some biblical principles that I want you to understand that the Bible is clear about. You see, hospitality in the church benefits the family. It benefits the church. It strengthens the church. It, first of all, blesses the family. It helps fulfill the community and the emotional needs of the church. There are those, very often we get connected with people that we have, we're friends with or we're family with, and we ignore the people who don't have those same connections. Not everybody has the deep connections with friends and family in the church that you have. And so it blesses the family. It builds the family. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 that love edifies. It builds up. It strengthens the body of Christ when there is connection and community and there's hospitality shown between the family and the church. Some years ago, there was a study that was done of over a thousand churches around the, around the world, not just in American culture, but around the world. Large churches, over a thousand members, small churches, under a hundred members. And one of the characteristics that they determined of the, of the healthy churches in that survey was those that had deep community. And one of the aspects of that community was how often do members of the church get together apart from church-related events? In other words, we're here together this morning. If we have prayer tonight, some of you will be here. Some of you will be together in a small group, but apart from church events. And they found that the more often people got together apart from church-related activities, the stronger the bonds of community were. Love builds up the church. Showing our hospitality to those within the household of faith strengthens the body, strengthens the family of the church. It bonds the family together. It beautifies the family. It is a beautiful thing to see God's people getting along. I won't ask you to raise your... Well, maybe I should have 
How many of you have ever seen a church or been part of a church where people did not get along? Thank God that that's not here. Thank God that we have a spirit of unity and a spirit of love. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody gets along at all times. Some of y'all, I won't go into the details, but some of y'all might not get along with me at certain times, and I may not get along with you, but I'm talking about in general. And that is a, Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. And what a terrible testimony it is when there's a church that is not beautified. The early church was beautified, and it was a testimony of hospitality. Why? Because in that day, as people traveled, they didn't have Holiday Inn Express. They didn't have Tom Bodette leaving the light on for you. They didn't have all those wonderful places that we can stay. And so it was not always guaranteed that you'd find a place to stay as you journeyed and as you traveled. And so the church would welcome. They welcomed those who were proclaiming the gospel. But Third John says they also welcomed others, strangers. And they showed hospitality. Hospitality benefits the family. Hospitality, another biblical principle, is that it is a gospel ministry. It is a gospel ministry. It is a lighthouse for the gospel. It is a demonstration of genuine faith. James chapter 2, you remember what James says there? James says that if you, it comes to you a brother or sister that is naked and destitute of daily food, and you say to them, be warmed and filled. In other words, you are aware of their need. You are burdened about, about their need. You want something to be done. And you have faith that something is going to be done. But he says, but you do nothing about it. You say, be warmed and filled, and you send them on their way, but you don't give them those things which are needful to the body. What thank have ye? There is no true, genuine faith. And so when we show hospitality, when we, of our own things that we have been entrusted by God with, the things that we are stewards of, when we use them to help meet the most basic needs of others, we are demonstrating hospitality. We are demonstrating the love of God. It's a lighthouse for the gospel. It can also be a launching pad for the gospel. Listen to 3 John and verse 8. He speaks of, he says, they've borne witness of your charity before the church, your love before the church, whom you bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Again, he's talking about those that are proclaiming the gospel. Those who are going other places to proclaim the gospel. When they stopped, he said, you gave them, you showed them charity, you showed them love. He says, because that for his name's sake, they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. Can I say this morning that our missions giving is a form of hospitality? Why? What are we doing? And I'm so glad we happen to have some missionaries here this morning. This was already the sermon prepared, and this was a short-term opportunity to have them visit. But when we give to missionaries, what are we doing? We are giving so that they don't have to ask the Gentiles, they don't have to ask the people they're serving, to. they don't have to be a burden to them. They can just freely share the gospel. And we're enabling them to do that. And when we do that, we are we are becoming fellow helpers in the gospel. We're enabling them to go, and he says, because of that, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. It is a launching pad for the gospel. Let me tell you, there is nothing more blessed than if you have the opportunity to show hospitality to a missionary. 
And I don't mean just in support, but I mean in encouragement. I mean in having, when they're able, have them into your home and show them hospitality. Boy, our children, our students need to encounter. They need to know missionaries and those who have committed their lives to serving in mission work. It's a, it's a gospel ministry. Oh, there's so much I could say about that, of it opening up opportunities for you to share the gospel. You have neighbors that you can invite into your home. They need to hear the gospel, but they need to first know the love of Christ. They need to know you're welcome. They need to know that you care about them. There's an old saying that people don't know, care how much you know until they know how much you care. And one of the greatest ways is to use what God has given to us. God has given us a home to live in. God has given us clothes on our back. He has given us food. He has given us water. He's given us air to breathe. He's given us all that we need. The most basic human needs are met by God. And God has provided them for us, for us to become a conduit to others, to show that hospitality, to treat those guests, to treat others as friends, just like we would friends, and to meet their needs. God enables us to do that, and it becomes a message of the gospel. Hospitality, real quick, another principle is hospitality is service to Jesus. That person you're serving, you're not serving them, though you are ministering to them, you're serving Jesus. You remember what Jesus said to his disciples? He said, there's going to be some of you who will stand before me on the last day, and you're going to say, he said, I'm going to say, welcome, you clothed me when I was naked. You fed me when I was hungry. You visited me when I was in prison. And they will say unto me, Lord, when did we clothe you? When did we feed you? When did we visit you? He says, when you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto who? Unto me, unto Jesus. When we show hospitality to others, we are not only simply obeying biblical commands, we are serving Jesus himself. And there's another principle that goes along with that, and that is that there will be eternal reward for doing so. Jesus said, if you do something as simple as give a cup of cold water in my name, you don't get any more basic need than that. He said, you do that, and he said, you'll receive a reward. Boy, that's powerful. You see, hospitality, in this broadest sense, is a step of faith. It is saying... I am going to trust God enough that if I take of what I know I will need, I'm going to need this at some point, but I'm going to trust God that if I give it to someone else who needs it, that God will provide that for me. I will trust Him to provide for me. And I also trust that there will be, He's the one that's going to reward. You see, it's not just going to be in this life. Listen to what God said, what Jesus said in Luke chapter 14. Verses 12 through 14. When you make a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors. Now, let me pause there a minute. It's easy for us to show hospitality to people we already have friendships with, to our family. This is not saying don't have your family over for Sunday dinner. This is not saying don't reach out to all your neighbors. He's saying there's a reward that's involved in here. Why does Jesus say, don't invite your wealthy friends and neighbors? Why does he say, don't invite your family? Don't invite your, your friends? He goes on in this verse, he says, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. 
That means if I invite someone over for dinner and the idea is, well, they're capable of inviting me back. If I meet the basic need of someone else and they're capable of paying me back, the minute they pay me back, I have lost my reward. Why? Because I got my recompense. So if you're sitting there thinking this morning, hey, you know what? I should invite my rich neighbor over. We'll have a bologna sandwich and he'll invite me back and we'll have a steak. You may get invited back and you may eat your steak but you have your reward. This is trusting that God will be the one that reward. Notice what he says in the last verses here. But when you make a feast, call the poor, call the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you shall be blessed, for they cannot repay you. They cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. You will get your reward when God pays you back. And let me tell you, God's going to pay you back far better than some steak that rich neighbor can feed you. God will pay you back with eternal rewards. You see what he's saying? He's saying there's rewards for doing this, and they are eternal. Isn't, isn't this astounding that God says to us, you give of what I have given to you. You have been provided with what you have. Take of what I have given you. I'll make sure your needs are still met, but use that to meet the needs of someone else, those most basic of human needs, and you'll not only be provided for, but you'll also receive eternal reward. You can't beat that plan. That's hospitality. That's the principles of biblical hospitality. We could talk about this morning some biblical examples, and I won't take a long time to dig into these, but you could go to Genesis chapter 18, and you talk about Abraham welcoming the, the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus Christ, and the other angels into his tent, showing them hospitality. Acts chapter 9, Simon the Tanner brings Peter into his house and allows him to stay there while he's preaching the gospel. Lydia in Acts chapter 16 meets Paul and his party down by the river and they welcome them into their home and the church, of, the church of Philippi is established there in Lydia's home because of her hospitality. We could talk about Philemon and the book of Philemon and how he had treated Paul and welcomed Paul into his home. Gaius, we talked about him in 3 John and how Paul, or John commends him for his hospitality. But what about Jesus? Remember John chapter 13, supper being ended, Jesus knowing that his hour had come, he laid aside his garment, took a towel and girded himself and began to do what? Began to wash his disciples' feet. What is that? That was an act of hospitality. That was something that servants did, but Jesus humbled himself and began to serve and minister to his disciples. You see, hospitality is a powerful message of the gospel. It is a message of what God has done for us. It is a reminder. Hospitality is a reminder of our separation from God, that we were far from God. We were His enemies. And now He has welcomed us into His table to sit at His table and to eat from His blessedness and His, His truth and His riches that He has given us in Christ Jesus. We have been restored. We have been reconciled to God. That is the blessedness of hospitality. Not that these, those that we've not been alienated from, but those that we are at odds with, and we call them and we treat them as a friend. Has God treated us as friends? He says, I've called you friends. You are my friends. And that is how God has treated us. Not just separation, but it reminds us of salvation. 
the truth of salvation, that as we are welcomed into the family of God, all the blessedness of the hospitality of God is at our disposal. He meets all of our needs. He provides all that we have. And when we, in grace giving, giving as God would give, treating others as God has treated us, when we welcome them into our home or we welcome them into our lives and we pour out upon them that which they do not receive and cannot pay back, Boy, doesn't that speak of God's grace and salvation? What we did not deserve and what we cannot pay back. That's salvation. But it also speaks about our satisfaction. Oh, the blessedness of satisfaction that Jesus is all that we need. Hospitality is saying, I am so satisfied with what I have in Christ that I will share with you the most basic of human needs. Food, water, clothing, housing, human companionship, and above all else, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's hospitality. It's saying, I'm not going to hold tightly to these things. I'm not going to hold on to what I have because I might need it later. I'm going to trust God to provide for me, and I am going to use what God has given. Do we understand that everything we have comes from God? Everything, whether it's our possessions, whether it's the breath of life, whether it's food to eat and clothes to wear, God has given it to us. We should not hold it so tightly. When we see brothers and sisters around us with needs, when we see strangers around us with needs, we can extend hospitality to them to meet those most basic of needs and trust that God has given to us what we have. Use it as a wise steward. That's that's the... That's the practice of it. That's the putting hospitality into practice. It is a message of the gospel. This is how God has treated us. So what does making this a biblical priority look like? Well, it looks like being practiced in the church, showing hospitality to one another, fellowship and communion with one another. We'll talk about this more in just a moment because the invitation this morning is going to be quite different from what we usually do. But it's one thing when there's friends that, and I know that many of you do this, and it's a wonderful thing. Please don't take this as a, as a slide against it. But there are some of you to get together literally every single week and have fellowship together. And that's great. Sometimes it's with family. And I love, I love, we have friends that every single Sunday afternoon, I'll guarantee you this afternoon, they will very likely get together as a family all their extended family will get together for a Sunday dinner. That's wonderful. But what about the people that have no connection in the church? What if they don't know? What about singles? What about new people that have moved into our church and into our area? What about those that don't have those kind of connections? That's a way that we practice hospitality. What about when folks walk through our doors? Are we quick to welcome them? Are we quick to speak to them? I know sometimes it's difficult. Trust me, I know it's difficult sometimes to know whether a person's been here one time or a hundred times. And if I come up to you and speak and introduce myself and I've, you've been here for 35 years, I apologize in advance. I'd rather speak to you than miss you and just because you might have been here a long time. But do we welcome when we see people come in? Do we see folks? Or do we say, well, somebody else will speak to them. There was a fellow that wrote in a number of years ago to the old Dear Abby column. Some of you remember Abigail Van Buren that did the, the advice column. 
he was doing, he said, I'm at presently completing the second year of a three-year survey on hospitality or the lack of it in churches. To this date, of the 195 churches I have visited, I was spoken to in only one by someone other than an official greeter, and that was to ask me to move my feet. Speaking to folks. Now, here's how not to speak to folks. We were in a church one time, and during revival, and some guests came in for the revival services, and they were sitting about midway back on the left side, and one dear lady came in, and she walked over and tapped the man on the shoulders, and she said, um, excuse me, sir, would you please move? That's my seat. That's not the way to show hospitality. And I think we understand that. But welcoming in the home, believers, unbelievers, neighbors, missionaries, friends, all those around, Christian hospitality. Christian hospitality, folks, is more about connecting than it is impressing. It's more about, it's more about good relationships than the good food. It's about building community. It's about welcoming. It's about showing the love of Christ. What does love look like? He says, this is your charity. This is your love. Be given to hospitality. Can I give you one final illustration of this from the Bible? I'm going to anyway, so just go ahead and say, yeah. 1 Kings chapter 17. The prophet comes to a little widow lady. Some of you are sitting here thinking, well, he's talking about hospitality. He's not talking about me. I don't have a big house. I'm not a great cook. Look, don't come to me. Now, thankfully, I'm married to a very good cook. But if you're looking for hospitality from me, you're liable to get grilled cheese and tomato soup. Although, let me tell you, grilled cheese and tomato soup is happening. Can I hear an amen on that? Is that okay? Make sure you're still awake. You don't have to have extraordinary. She had very little. Do you remember how much she had? She had enough for one meal. And yet she took it. And in obedience to God, you see, hospitality, folks, is an act of faith. It's saying, I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to give it to this person because giving it to this person is giving it to Jesus. And I'm going to trust that he will reward me. He will bless this. And every day when she went to get the oil and the flour for her bread, there was exactly what she needed. It was an act of faith. And until that famine was over, God provided in that way. You trust, uh, trust the word of God on this. You show Christian hospitality, and God will bless that act of love. So here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to offer an invitation because some of you might come down here and say, oh, I need to show hospitality. Lord, help me show hospitality. And you would go back to your seat and you'd go out the door and forget about it by the time you got to your car. So here's what we're going to do. In two weeks from today, you've got two weeks to prepare for this, okay? In two weeks from today, we're having Hospitality Sunday. Usually, it can be difficult to have someone over for dinner or meet someone for dinner because there's a lot of activities going on on Sundays. It's very busy, and that's great. I'm glad that you're involved in the things that are taking place in our church. But on that Sunday, we're not going to have anything going on that afternoon and evening. 
you've got no conflicts of schedule with the church. I want you to invite someone. Here's, here's ways you could do it. Connect with somebody you don't know or that you don't know well. This can happen in your home. This can happen at a restaurant. This can happen in a cookout at the park. This can be several families getting together. It can be a family and a single and this family and a couple. It can look, it can look however. You can meet right after church. You can do it later in the afternoon. However, whatever this looks like, it's a time of showing hospitality to one another. Now, here's what I don't want you to do. When I'm finished, I don't want you to sit back and say, well, I sure hope somebody invites me. This is not about you. Okay? This is about... Now, there's plenty of folks. I hear this often. Boy, there's a lot of folks at church that I don't know. Here's how you can fix that. Invite them. Go to somebody. Say, hey, I know we don't know each other, but hey, let's, let's get together at a restaurant. Our pastors are going to do this in different ways. Some of us in homes, some in restaurants. We're going to reach out. Look, the idea is to reach out to cross boundaries of age. Don't just, if you're, start to say, I started to say if you're an old geezer, don't just invite a bunch of old geezers. But I'm not going to say that. Boy, I'm so glad I stopped before I said that. If you're young adults, don't just invite all young adults. Cross some boundaries. Connect with somebody that you wouldn't otherwise connect with. And show hospitality. You'll have time to do this. If you need to know someone to invite, if you've invited, or you ask and ask, or you say, I just don't know who to ask, we'll be glad to help you with that. But look, there's plenty of folks that you can connect with. On that Sunday, Hospitality Sunday, here's the time, here's an opportunity. Now, it's not the only time, but an opportunity to obey. Is the Bible clear? Look, have, have we made it clear this morning that the Bible's clear on this? Can I get a nod from people, an amen, a nod, a wave your hand or something? The Bible's, the Bible's very clear about it. Then let's put it into practice. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Here's the invitation this morning. Bow your heads, if you will. Everybody's heads bowed and every eye's closed. No one looking around. Here's what, two questions. Question number one, maybe this morning you have already, you've already, God's put somebody on your heart. You don't know if it's going to work out. You don't know, but God has already given you a face or a name for you to invite. And you would just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, with God's help, I'm going to invite this person and we're going to experience some fellowship together and have some hospitality. What that looks like is up to you and God. But would you just raise your hand? God's already put somebody on my heart. I, I know a face. Thank you for that. There's hands all around. Thank you for that. All right. In a moment, I'm going to have prayer, and I'm going to pray for you that God will help you follow through with that. Now, a number of hands. Now, here's what I want to ask the others of you. Would you say this morning, Pastor, I don't know exactly who this will be, and I don't know how it's going to work out, but by God's grace, I want God to, I want God to show me and help me find who... I can show hospitality to and how I can do it. Would you please pray for me? Would you slip up your hand? I want to be a part of this. I want to obey this command. Thank you for that. Hands all around. Hands all around. Father, here's my prayer this morning, Lord. This is a clear command from Scripture. Multiple times. Lord, it's throughout the New Testament. This is not something that is ambiguous or unclear. It's there. 
We want to be obedient to it. First of all, because you command us. Secondly, because there's blessings that come from it. And powerfully, that it's a message of the gospel. Father, I pray that you'll help us. For the ones that raised their hands and said, I already know who I'm going to invite. Help them to know the best way. Help them to their plans to work out, whether it's at a restaurant or in a park or getting ice cream or having them over for a meal and spending time in fellowship. And Lord, it's not about the good food, it's about the good relationships. And Father, for my brothers and sisters that raised their hand and said, I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm going to trust God to show me who and show me how. Father, I pray that you'll make it clear to them. Father, may we reach out to those around us. May we show hospitality. May we treat those that we don't know like those that we've known our whole life. Thank you for this opportunity to demonstrate the gospel. We pray and ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake.